Hey, yo, this is your boy, sir, of the 2020 podcast, LLC. Please say the LLC. And I got a question. What do you do it for? Do you do it for the likes? Do you do it for family? Or do you do it just to be seen? Well, how about this Black History Month? You do it for the culture. That's right. Our family here at Shop Black Renaissance has decided to be the official sponsor of the 2020 podcast, LLC. So do me a favor. Whenever you go to shopblackrenaissance.com, I need you to use the promo code LLC20 so you can get 20% off your order. Yep, that's it. Doing it for the culture all year. Thank you. Shop Black Renaissance Clothing. up thank you for tuning in to another episode of a business minute i'm your boy sir of the 2020 podcast llc please say the llc and i'm here with a special guest my squad goes mate miss jessica lauren is in the building today how are you doing today i'm doing well i'm really excited and looking forward to this interview and it's always a great time with you as well as the other members so i know this will be no different Hey, absolutely. 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 So Jessica, if we could just add, just starting off, you know, for those that don't know, what is it that you do? So my name is Jessica Lauren and I am a fashion and wardrobe stylist based in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm born and raised in Mobile, um, but I've been here for almost four years now. And the basis of my business is really helping women discover their style and boost their confidence through that. Because Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that once you really identify your personal style and you're able to express that to the world and what you want to say every day through your wardrobe, then your confidence is boosted. And this Mm -hmm. helps you in the workplace, in job interviews, in networking events, social scenes, dating. So all of these things are important. And one thing that I truly believe is fashion and style don't have to break the bank. So, um, you know, I think one thing that separates me from a lot of stylists is I'm not a label whore. If you happen to be into labels because you like the quality of a product, then great. And you can afford it. Great. 
but don't pull out your Amex thinking that you have to go and buy the most recent Balenciaga coat just to be fly. Like that's not how I approach things with my clients. So that is the basis of my business. All right. So going to the beginning, how long have you been active? Uh, Not only with your business, but just in fashion in general. Yeah. So I became active in 2014. So just a little back history. I studied marketing at Troy University and I came home my last semester because it didn't make sense to sign a lease for three classes that I could take online. And there were other internships that I wanted to pursue in Mobile. Uh, The first being with Mobile Fashion Week. And so I decided to pursue that, got started with my first fashion show and my, a person who was um, the gentleman that created Mobile Fashion Week, who has now become a good friend of mine, he came to me during fittings because how fittings work is normally the designer will come and outfit each model that has been selected to wear their pieces on the runway and style them from head to toe, from accessories to shoes, hair, makeup, everything. Well, this particular designer wasn't able to make it. She was able to send pieces, but not be present for the fittings as well as the show. So um, this gentleman, Richard, he came over to me and said, I need you to style these models and walked off. (laughs) And I was like, okay. At that time, I'm like, I was 22. And I knew that I always wanted to pursue fashion or sports, Mm. you know, in terms of marketing. So that was one of the reasons that I selected choosing to work with them. So I said, okay got the model styled. Once the photos came back from the runway show, I saw them and I was, and I thought to myself, okay, you did a great job with this. This is the area within fashion you need to run with. Mm -hmm. And so then once I had those photos, it was a start from our portfolio. From there, I went and met with a local editor at a local publication, Mobile Bay Magazine. And I said, hey, I'm trying to get my foot started in this. I'm one, this is what I have thus far. I'm trying to build my portfolio. If you would be willing to give me a chance, if you have any upcoming shoots and you need a stylist, I would love the opportunity to work with you all. So she looked at my portfolio and said, okay, you have a good start. Let me show you some of the things that we normally look for. So I said, okay. Two months later, she gave me a call and said, hey, we have a, we're doing a fall shoot on Monday. Can you get it done? Mind you, this was a Thursday and I was going out of town for my birthday that Friday. Oh, wow. So, but I was not about to pass that up. I was like, look, this birthday trip is still going to happen, but I'm not passing this up. So, you know, I went, got everything pulled, did the shoot. And that was my, per- that was my first published editorial shoot. And it just grew from there. I started working with models, doing test shoots in Mobile with a local talent agent. And then once I moved to New Orleans, I sent out, I pitched this idea to a few news outlets for an event that happens here quite frequently for White Linen Night. And I said, hey, I think we, I, you know, I'd love to do a segment on this. Please let me know if you're interested. And two stations bid on it. And I, first of all, I was hoping that just one would bite on it. But two ended up by night. So I called a good friend of mine who has a public relations business based out of Atlanta. And I said, I'm like, girl, what do I do? Like both of these news stations want to do it. And she said, okay, for 
each station who reached out to you? And I said, well, the reporter reached out to me for this station, but the other station, the CBS affiliate WWL, which is now who I've been affiliated with and done numerous segments, mm-hmm. the producer reached out. So she said, okay, you need to go that route because the producer produces the stories and they have more pull than a reporter. And you could, mm-hmm. you never know where that relationship could go. Jeremy, when I tell you, I went, I went that route, I did a segment, not even a week later, they called me back and said, hey, we, we need you to do another segment for this. Like a few weeks later, they called me and said, hey, we need you to do another segment for this. And it just got, to, it just kept rolling for me. And I have been so blessed since I moved to New Orleans. I was able to make connections even with me. You know, I worked as a bridal stylist temporarily before I went back into marketing full time. So I was able to make a lot of connections within the bridal industry and do style shoots. I actually got to model in one, my 411 self got to model in one, (laughs) but I was able to build my portfolio through that as well. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, that's just the backstory of how I got started. And I wanted to share that with people just to say, just take the risk. I mean, make the phone call, send the email because the worst they could tell you is no, you just, you never know. So that's real. That's real. That's incredible. Uh, just just being able to, and it's funny how timing works. The fact that they, <laughs> the weekend of your birthday. Right. That's when the break hits. That's. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I'm gonna leave a little bit later for this trip, but I gotta go pull clothes for this right. shoot. Man, make it happen. Follow your dreams by any means necessary. I love it. I love yeah. it. So let's, let's go back to the beginning though. Let's, mm-hmm. let's go to, you said you really got into fashion in 2014. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what inspired you to really pursue it, because it sounds like this has always kind of been in the back of your head. But what really inspired you to really pursue fashion? So when I was younger, like a lot of girls, and I hate to be really cliche, but it's the truth. I always my sister and I, we always play with Barbies. We were always dressing them up, accessorizing them. I was changing their hair, giving them a, you know, a little bob or trying calling myself, giving them layers and carrying different shoes with different things. And I just always found so much joy doing that. Mm-hmm. And even in getting dressed in college, getting ready to go out, you know, a lot of my girlfriends would come and be like, hey, well, what can I wear with this? Or how can I do that? And, you know, when you're in college, you're on a zero-based budget. So trying right. to put together looks, you know, you, it really pushes you creatively. So that is what really inspired me. I had a lot of family members come into me and then I just started to realize that I really was interested in this industry. So yeah, that's what got that started. All right. You know, uh, and it's funny how the seeds are planted when you're young and sometimes with our careers, we choose one path, but then that passion gets reignited. And so we end up going back with that first love. So Uh I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned that, you know, you really started 2014 mm-hmm. and with it now being 2021, that's six going on seven years, you know, so mm-hmm. surely there's trials. So what obstacles did you encounter, you know, along the way, of, you know, yes. almost seven years of doing this? So the two major trials that stand out in my head um, in 20. 20- 18, I want to say, um, I had gotten to a certain point in my career 
And I felt that there were things going on in New Orleans that I didn't have access to because there's certain things that certain jobs, freelance positions that aren't going to be advertised, they want to keep them under the radar to prevent a flood of resumes coming in, right? Right. So I had the idea, I said, okay, let me pursue working with an agent. So I reached out to an agent that's here and I sent over my portfolio and I, you know, I received her feedback. We had a phone conversation and she said, you know, I just think maybe you need to do this and do that. And she was tiptoeing around the issue. Mm. And I said, can you just give it to me straight? What exactly are you trying to say? I work better with not me, but direct. I need clear, I need a clear definitive response from you as to where I need to go next. Right. And she said, honestly, I think you need more, you know, I think you need more experience in your portfolio. I think they're too commercial. I can't go and pitch you to my clients in LA and New York, you don't have enough high fashion editorial experience. Mm. And now I can say that and I'm completely unfazed by it. And that advice actually propelled me forward. But in the moment I was very taken aback because mind you, I had been paying my dues, doing shoots for free, really grinding. And I thought the response I was going to receive at most was hey, let's get one or two shoots under your belt, but I'll go ahead and start pitching you. I wasn't expecting, hey, I can't do anything with you. Mm. So being very honest to hurt my feelings, but I took a step back and I said, okay, this is someone in the industry. She knows what the industry thinks. you got some work to do. So you need to push yourself creatively and you need to surround yourself with people that are going to push you creatively and people that are willing to take those risks and get these types of things in your portfolio. So I actually had someone ask me if I had an interest in doing creative direction. And I never thought about that. Well, then two months after that, I got a shoot organized with a, with a crew of all women, female photographer, female hair and makeup, female model, myself, I'm a woman, wardrobe stylist. And I got these pieces from a menswear designer here and we had a shoot and I organized, found the location, uh, did the hair, found, had the, the ideas for hair and makeup, everything. And it turned out great. That was the best shoot that, one of the best shoots that I've worked on and collaborated on thus far. And not only that, I was able to work with another all-female crew and get the shoot published in a fashion uh, digital magazine. So, you know, that really, that advice at the time, like I said, it, it stung, but it, it helped me in the long run. So I would say that's been a trial that, you know, that's one trial that always sticks out to me that turned out to be a blessing. And then the other trial is trying to pull clothes for models when I have different segments or shoots and when I'll speak with the owner on the phone and they can't determine my race. Mm. But, you know, when, when they go and take a look at my social media, just to have a better idea of me, or if I show up, it's like, oh, well, you know, now it's really not a good time for us. We're so busy and this and that. Now, mind you, studio pools require nothing on your end. I come in, I do all the labor, I pull the clothes, 
you put it in the computer, you take my car down for damage issues, and that's it. You get free advertisement. But that has definitely been another challenge. And I do have optimism that is changing because there are, a, I see more of us really creating lines, clothing brands, and just doing it. We're getting to the point where it's like, okay, well, you're not going to give it to me. I'm going to create my own. So I do have faith and I see that changing for, you know, myself as well as the generations behind me that want to do what I do. The fact that race is still an issue with your quality mm-hmm. of work, uh, because I've watched a few of the segments you've done and I, I've looked at the things you've uh, accomplished and the fact that race could still be a doorstop for us, you know, even, yeah. you know, it's still, is daunting, but it's motivating at the same time. Yes, because now exactly. you have a chip on your shoulders, like, okay, so because that's an issue, now I have to go harder. Yeah, now I have to go hard. And because I have a seat at the table as a black woman, I need to lift while I climb mm. and help another black woman. So I'm, I'm just all about that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. So my next question is more of a personal one. Mm-hmm. Uh, as humans, we all try to balance things. And because right. balance is important for structure and order. So yes. two of the hardest things to do is balance work and your personal life. Of Have you found uh, a way to balance those things? I have, but I'm also going to be honest with you. I'm human, so I will have moments where I get unbalanced. And I think that's just the ebbs and flows of life. You'll have moments where you're really balanced. Everything is flowing well. And then you have a week that is insane or a day that's insane. And you may not be as balanced. But what I try to do and make a conscious effort, my phone automatically goes on do not disturb at 10 o'clock. And the only people that can reach me for emergency purposes, or just if they just need me, are um, my parents, um, a few of my close friends, and my boyfriend. But other than that, it's just my phone is on do not disturb. So that's one thing that I try to do. And I try when I'm with my family or my loved ones, my boyfriend, my friends, I try to be engaged and just put my phone elsewhere. Like this past Christmas, normally I would be shooting out a lot, have Merry Christmas, whatever. I didn't want to do that this year. You know, Mm. Um, I wasn't able to see my family as much as I would like to. A lot of us weren't able to because of COVID. And I just wanted to do my Christmas traditions with my family. And so I just had my phone off to the side and I didn't respond to anything until the next day. So I've just really tried to make a conscious effort to do those things. And I'm also trying to be honest with myself about my schedule and what I can actually get done in a day, in a week, in a month, because I tend to be that person where I want to please everyone. So I'm like, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then I sit back and I'm like, you guys can't do that. You, you got, you, you have this and this going on already today. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be more conscious of that and saying, hey, I, I would like to do this. What about if we do it at this time? Or I would like to do this for you, but I, I have this and this going on. Can I get to this? Would this deadline work for you? Mm-hmm. So those are some things that I'm 
putting into place and self-care. I'm big on self-care. I am big on self-care. My girlfriends and my boyfriend laughing at me about my serums and my exfoliating, but I think self-care is not selfish. It's very necessary. You got one body. It, you know, it keeps you walking around and healthy and able to function and thrive in your business and other endeavors. So um, turn my phone on, do not disturb. Uh, trying to set boundaries in terms of commitments and self-care are the things that I do for work-life balance. That's beautiful. Uh, self-care, uh, and I, I really feel like taking that time to, and that's really different. I, I haven't heard anyone say that, you know, that do not disturb period. Mm -hmm. That would alleviate a lot of anxiety for a lot yes. of people. You know. It helps me. And it helps me. I used to be a person that struggled with sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I think not having that feature, not setting that and not utilizing that feature on my phone, excuse me, really played into that. Because you can see your phone going off. You can see constant alerts from Twitter and Gmail mm -hmm. and whatever. But now I don't see that. So I rest a lot better. A whole lot better. I would definitely recommend that to not just entrepreneurs, but anyone out there. Yeah. All right. I'm definitely going to look that up now. Uh, <laughs> so looking back from, like I was stating earlier, the last six plus years, mm -hmm. let's reflect on all of the memories that you've created and experienced, you know, good and bad. Has there been any experience that you found to be the most memorable so far? I would say, like I mentioned earlier, the shoot that I first um, did creative direction on, and that really was empowering for me and encouraging to be with a group of women where there was no competition. Mm -hmm. And I'm a firm believer that women can coexist in a space and we all thrive. So mm -hmm. to work with other women that feel that and we each were thriving in our talent for the project, but also saying, hey, what do you think about this? Or have you thought about this? That really was important to me. And after I did my first segment, I make it a point each segment to have a diverse crew of models. And when I say that, I mean models of multiple races, but also sizes and ages, because the fashion industry has been very discriminatory. Now we see that shifting, but for years we didn't. We see a lot, of, I mean, I'm plus size by models, by fashion industry standards. Trust me, I don't think I'm the skinniest, but you know, I just make it a point to say I'm plus size by industry standards. Wow. So I think that is an issue. And I think we're seeing people marginalized and being left out. So to take it back with my first segment, I had this beautiful, I love Shahida, this beautiful curvy model, brown, smooth skin. And every person that reached out to me on Instagram was writing me about her. Wow. Because most women out there look like her. So they were writing me saying, where did she get that dress? She looks so great. Thank you so much for having her. One of my best friends is a curvy girl. And she wrote me and was like, thank you for representing for the curvy sisters because they are oftentimes left out. 
and they want to be seen. They want to be cute too. Everybody wants to be cute. And I think fashion should be accessible and it's for everyone. It's not for blonde hair, blue eyed Rebecca. I mean, Rebecca can be cute too, but there's more women that don't look like Rebecca than do. So those two moments were really that have really been the most rewarding and memorable and pushed me forward in the hard times and when I'm at a standstill like what do I do next what do I do next like that just helps me propel forward all right Mm. so my next question is the inverse of this one Mm-hmm. because I don't think it's fair to highlight the good and the positive without also discussing the heartbreak and the, the struggle mm-hmm. portion of pursuing mm-hmm. your dream. Mm-hmm. So at any point, did you feel that you wouldn't be successful? And if so, who or what changed your mind? Yes, um, I have had those doubts several times when I'm trying to get things together for a shoot and something goes left or a model doesn't show up. And honestly, what changes my mind is just people reaching out to me saying, hey, I really like this, you know, this this tip helped me, I utilize this. Or people close to me saying, hey, I saw your segment, I never would have tried that. Like, you, you know, push forward with this. Or, you know, if I share photos from my portfolio from a recent shoot and, you know, the group's reaction is, hey, I love that. That was a great shoot. We really need to do that again. So seeing the end result of my work, because sometimes when you're in it and you want to go in a corner and cry, it's like, why am I doing this to myself? But getting to the end result and that encouragement from the audience that you're creating this work for, as well as your loved ones, that is what has helped push me forward. Mm. Yes, that uh, uh, it's like a, a validation when you mm-hmm. yes and you share it. Yes. you know it's it's something you're passionate about, and you get that response. It's like right. an affirmation of sorts that yes, I am in you know your ministry in, of sorts. You know yes, All right. absolutely. All right, Jess. Well, my next question is my infamous question, and it's because I call it the long term one. Where would you like to see yourself? as a businesswoman and as a person in the next one year, three years, and then 10 years? So in one year, I have started writing a book and this is the first time that I'm speaking about it publicly and I'm doing so to hold myself accountable. All right. I, I've only shared it with people close to me, but I've started writing a book. And so in one year, I would like to have that published and you know advertising and doing press for that and from there my next step is to start offering virtual courses to women because I feel that personal styling is such a niche market and it's so specialized in one it's not affordable for all women but I feel that I can reach more women doing classes and that is my ultimate goal to reach women not just to be bougie and I'm a stylist. No, that's not my goal in this. It's really just to help women, real women, feel great about themselves. So within the next year, that is what I see for myself. Okay. Uh, completing the book and then starting the courses. 
within three years, I would like to be hosting a fashion segment beyond the segment that I'm doing now. Um, I think that is really where I see myself going as a fashion personality and really continuing to solidify my brand and solidify myself as a fashion expert. And within 10 years, my next goal would be to continue to perfect my craft and gain more knowledge along the way and to have a line. And I'm still trying to work out in my head what that line entails, but I know it would be something that women can utilize, pieces rather that women can utilize every day that are functional, comfortable, as well as stylish and multifaceted that can be utilized in several ways. Okay. So that is what I see for Style by Jessica Lauren. All right. Okay, Jess. And do you have like any upcoming projects or anything that you want to uh, plug real quick? Right now, I am working on getting a YouTube channel started. I've had a few people come to me and at first I was really scared. I'm being honest, I'm human. People can be mean. So, you know, I was really concerned about, well, you know, do I want to do a channel? Should I do a channel? You know, I have that constantly. I'm human. I have that in the back of my head. But I feel like I can't, I have a lot of things to say beyond just styling outfits. And I think that that is a great medium and a way to get started to do so. So I can't continue to sit in fear of naysayers and not get that started. So I plan to have that rolling by March. So stay tuned for that. That's the next big thing that I plan to work on. So Right. Stay tuned. Wish me well. Yo, and... you got this. You got this. And and plus, you know, you, you, you're networking. You know, plenty of us are definitely willing to, to offer whatever information we need to support you. And of course, you know, we're we going to sub. You know that now. Come oh, on, now. trust me. I appreciate it. And I will need it. I will need it. I'll be in the group like, how? How can I do this? <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. So just this brings us to our final question. And uh, I feel like it's my favorite. The reason being is because I dedicate it to everyone who's watching or listening. The hardest thing to do is to share a passion or a dream with the world. It's also the scariest. What words of encouragement would you have for someone who dares to dream, but they're afraid to share it with the world? I would say be brave. Be brave, be courageous, push through any fears that you may have. Because here's the thing, everyone is not going to like what you share, what you have to say, but there will, for those 10 people, you'll have one or two that will, and they'll share the word, and then you'll keep having people that believe in you and support you, and that's what will help push you forward. So just, just be brave and silence the negativity in your own head. I'm telling myself that, so. Mm. Speak it, speak it, speak mm -hmm. it. All right. Well, Jessica, if anybody wanted to follow you or contact you, whether it be about fashion or they just may want to contribute or support, what's the best way to get in contact with Jessica Lauren? So the best way to get in contact with me is through my Instagram. It is styled by underscore Jessica Lauren, 
or reach out to me through email, which is styledbyjessicalauren at gmail.com. That is. I'll make sure that those uh, links and uh, email are in the description of this video. If you're listening to it via auto, audio, excuse me, check out the description is there as well. Jessica, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this interview. Um, I'm a fan, of course. First. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me and thank you for your questions. And they really even got me to thinking and putting things out into the universe, which is important. Absolutely. It's all about that spark, girl. You was given this yes. for a reason. Yes. So that being said, Jessica Lauren, styled by Jessica Lauren. Yo, follow her. Check her out, man. She does some great work. I love it. And she be posing. She be posing. I'm like, okay, sis. Okay, sis. I see thank you. I've been working on it. So thank you. <laughs> that being said, man, this has been your boy, A Business Minute, Jessica Lauren, 2020 Podcast, LLC. And we are out.